G'day, and welcome to the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast with your host and fellow battler, Mike Holt. The Bloody Aussie Battler brings you news, views, and interviews as we discuss what the liars, thieves, criminals, and traitors have been doing to our country and to Western democracies around the world. My guests discuss important issues and explain why and how it's time to drain the billabong to bring back decent, lawful, moral government that will serve we, the people of the Commonwealth of Australia. Join us now on the Bloody Aussie Battler. Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on Merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today. G'day again, it's the Battler back again, still. And uh, I've got Kevin Nanette with me again. And Kevin's got a very important announcement to make, which I think is going to galvanise a lot of people around the world. So, Kevin, welcome back to the Bloody Aussie Battler. It's good to have you back again, man. Thanks, you? Mike. Looks like you've been a bit busy. Great, it's always good to be here. Um, you've got a very special announcement, mate. Can you tell us what it's all about? Yeah, it came out just today. It's an announcement that on the west coast of Canada, a, there is a new common law court being convened on March 30th. And this is coming after 16 months of investigation that shows a lot of involvement by the Chinese in the disappearance of Aboriginal people. We find out that the Canadian government and the Chinese government basically have been working together to drive Native people off their land to get the liquid natural gas deposits all over British Columbia. And people who've tried to stop that have been gotten rid of. There's been killings, there's been cover-ups, the usual gamut of human and child trafficking going on. And um, even some of the generals who were involved in organ trafficking in Chinese prisons, they're involved. And this agrees with some of the evidence we had found showing that many people, when they're found dead, they're definitely missing organs. But these reports get swabbed out of the media and the police reports. But on the basis of all that evidence that's been gathered over the last 18 months, the uh, tribunal that I work for, the International Tribunal, Crimes of Church and State, the ITCCS, they're going to launch a common law court in British Columbia on March 30th to start prosecuting the people responsible. Now, this is the same tribunal that set up the court that forced uh, Pope Benedict to resign in 2013. This is actually the third trial the tri uh, common law court is, has undertaken, but it's the first one ever to be happening in Canada. The other two took place in Europe. There's also documentary film teams from um, other countries and observers from other governments who've been invited to come in and help with the courts. So if Canada or the Crown try to stop this, they're going to have a lot of uh, egg on their face. A lot of people are going to know about it. So we're very uh, glad about this. It's going to give hope to a lot of people who have been struggling for years to try to expose and stop these crimes. Jolly good. And uh, when does that tri uh, tribunal or court start again? Monday, March 30th. And if people are in the area or know people in Canada, please have them write to us. It's uh, thecommonland at gmail.com. You can also go to the announcement and read it yourself. 
with a YouTube link at murderbydecree.com under ITCCS updates. I'll be putting that on the uh, Battler website too for you. Okay, you. this is a very interesting development because as you know, in Australia, we're, we're now working to get enough people to support us to convene a grand jury to start taking depositions from people and then we will start issuing indictments. Now, the big problem that we face here in Australia is that the police uh, are very unlikely to act on, on the indictments. So, you know, we've talked about this before and uh, we would really like to work with your international tribunal uh, so that we can convene a common law court here in Australia once we've got the evidence. Uh, how would we go about that, mate? Well, it's a, ma a matter of hands across the water and working as closely as we can, sharing information and experiences. Um, there's no real blueprint, you know, Mike, like everybody's situation is different, but there's certain principles that guide us. And that is for one thing, uh, you have to keep control of any process. You can't turn it over to professionals, no. right? Uh, no. You can't bring in the legal specialists or anything. Um, we can have this knowledge yourself. We can learn it and share it among ourselves. And I find really the key factor is will and, and to go ahead and keep going. Like we all have courage at some point in our life, but, uh, what really makes a difference is persistence and will over time to just not let up, be like a pit bull, a dog with a, a bone in our mouth on this stuff, because uh, that's the only thing that gets results. So I know that one of the, uh, the, the stumbling block for people is a question always of how do we enforce the verdicts once we, we do a court, once we do that. The, the two best ways to do it is you find sympathetic police and say, look, we want you to act on this. You know, you take an oath to serve the people, to protect your communities. We want to deputize you and make you part of this process. And if they won't do it, you say at least stand back, because if you try to interfere, you're obstructing justice. And that's mm -hmm. a no-no under the law. Um, secondly, what you do is if that doesn't work, you, you deputize your own. You, uh, you, you form your own common law sheriffs. And we've done a whole book on how to do that. Um, I've got that book. So yeah, it's a matter of just sharing that information finding the issue and keep going at it persistently because I find even one person can move a mountain. They just have to keep at it over time. Right. That's right. My motto is yeah. you can't beat a man who never gives up and I never give up. No. Well, then no. you're, you're already halfway to the races. Right. And I also have a little bit of advice for a lot of people out in Australia. I know who are afraid to act. Just remember this, that a coward dies a thousand deaths. A brave man only dies once. So what do you got to lose? We're all going to die anyway. Let's go down you fighting. Got it, brother. That's exactly, exactly it. Yeah. So yeah, why not? We're all going to go anyway, right? <laughs> that's right. If we're going to go, let's go for a darn good reason. Um, right. mate, tell us a little bit more yeah. now about this common law court, what, what you're going to do and what you hope to achieve. Well, in the notice, people kind of, we lay out for people the, uh, what's going on. There's, it's already been decided. There's going to be five uh, magistrates. These are, not judges, they're kind of like legal advisors to the jury. There's going to be a jury of 24 men and women. And uh, the most important thing is there's a citizen prosecutor who's going to be conducting the case. And I'm going to be an advisor. I was appointed a special advisor to the court to help them with all the information I've got. And um, the thing is, when once we start, start subpoenaing the defendants, if they respond, they have the right you know, to select the jury, it's, a, it's due process. We're following, you know, the legal rules of procedure. But what we found in the other cases is that they ignore it. Now that helps us because that means under the law, if they don't respond, we're in a win-win situation. If they don't respond, 
because they don't want to acknowledge your authority, they're admitting under the law they're, they're guilty of the crime. It's called tacit admission of guilt. If they don't answer your charges. And, uh, and so we have them over a barrel either way. It's just a matter, a matter of letting enough people know about it. Right. And so we need to be our own media. We've got to get blast this story everywhere. Which is why we're talking today. And I will certainly be helping you to get the story out there. By the way, this is, I think this is the book you were referring to, right? That's it. Yeah. So they, they kind of go over the basics. And, right. Um, where can we get these books? I well, mean, I got them, but where else can, where, where can other people get it? Well, directly from me, uh, the common land at gmail.com or they're all on Amazon, all 16 of my books. Okay. Well, you uh, give me Amazon. a link to that and I'll put it on the video here for you. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now these books are very good because they teach us everything we need. Well, not everything, of course, but you know, the, as much as we need to be able to understand how common law works and how we can uh, apply it. Correct. Very much is it gives you kind of the basic uh, approach and principles behind it. And uh, I always like that, that uh, saying from Thomas Paine during the American revolution and his, his pamphlet common sense, he said, uh, even though we're greatly outnumbered by the British, an army of principles can penetrate where, it, where an army of men cannot. Mm. And I always think of that because our principles can even penetrate our opposition. You know, when cops and others hear about this, they, it makes sense to them, right? And they kind of back off of it. We find that happened when we were confronting the churches over the crimes of genocide. The cops always backed off mm. when we told them why we were there and uh, tried to get them on board. We're not fighting them. We're trying to get them on the right side of history, right? And on so the right side of the law. And the law. <laughs> yeah, because they think they're yeah, serving the law, absolutely. but they're not. And it's sad because, um, as you know, uh, on the 8th of January, I had a whole bunch of uh, police come into my home and um, they, they conducted a search and confiscated a few of my belongings. But during that search, I had them all in the one room and I, I asked them, I said, I said, I want to ask you all a question. Who did you swear your oath of allegiance to? And one of them piped up and said, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. And I said, was that after 1972? And he said, yeah, I wasn't even born then. So after 1972, when Whitlam took the Queen, actually it was 1973, I stand corrected. When Whitlam took the Queen, uh, Whitlam was our Australian Prime Minister at the time, he took the Queen out of the Constitution. Um, Anybody swearing an oath of allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II in Australia after that date is swearing to the Queen of Australia, who does not exist. So I swore in 1965 when I joined the RAAF, but um, all the police, um, unless they're my age, which means they're not in the police force anymore, uh, have sworn an oath to the false queen. And that's where they have the big problem. But we can help them by making it or helping them to take the right oath. So, right. and that's why we're, we're working now to get more CPOs, Commonwealth public officials on board, um, because I, I believe we can take the oath from people, right? That's the right approach. That's, yeah. yeah. Right. Now, a lot of people... That's exactly me, what we're trying to do in Canada. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people have asked me, how can I become a CPO? Well, uh, as far as I know, there is no standard method, but we do ask that you um, read and understand the Constitution and that you have a fair knowledge of common law and that you are quite willing to swear an oath of allegiance to the correct crown. And that is, of course, the right. uh, British crown. 
So if you can do that, I can put you in touch with the person who can um, do the, the paperwork and create you as a CPO. And once you're a CPO, we will invite you then to sit on the, um, on the grand jury. And we need 23 people as of, I think 23 or 24 you said, Kevin? We have 24 on, on, the, on the jury. Yeah, I, I believe the minimum number is 12, but you know, it's better to have more. So yeah, we'll go 23 or 24 CPOs on the grand jury. And the sooner we can get that going, the better, because our country is be, being run into the ground by these political parties and the politicians. So if you haven't signed your My Will letter yet, please download it and sign it and get a lot of other people to sign it too. Um, sorry, Kevin, to uh, beat my drum here a wee bit, but um, a few people have rung me up and said, well, wh why are you giving incentives, you know, financial incentives to people to sign the My Will letter? And now when... Um, we came up with this idea, we realized that it's going to be a lot of hard work for people to get a lot of signatures. Now, I know some people have gone out and got over 100 signatures, but it's hard work. You have to take the time and the effort. I've gone to markets and asked people to sign. I've walked around the streets. I've gone to people's homes. I've done all sorts of things. It takes time, effort, and money. So we're offering incentives. And what they are are shares in a company. I won't go into all the details on that, but um, these shares are now selling at $10 a share. So we put up a million dollars worth of shares as prizes um, for, and incentives for people who sign up a lot of people with their My Will letters. So we're keeping everybody's My Will letters in the envelopes. And then once we start unpacking them, we will count them and we'll know who well, sent them. Well, the thing about the taking the oath is, is really paramount because, hmm. um, you know, it's about your oath of office and your legitimacy. Correct. And what the reality is that in our tradition, the English common law tradition, Commonwealth always referred to the people in the assembly. It referred to the people in the commons or in parliament. And um, that was the basis of authority. So um, that's what we're trying to do in Canada when we say that we've issued stand-down letters to all the crown officials saying, your oath isn't to an individual, it's to the people, the commons, right? Correct. And you know, so that's on that basis, we've said in this upcoming common law court, it's operating under a different jurisdiction, not the jurisdiction of the so-called Crown of England, but the Republic of Canada, which was proclaimed five years ago as, a, as an extra jurisdictional thing that people can belong to. So they're not complicit in war crimes. Why, why did you do that? Because in, in Australia, we have the 1900 um, constitution, which established the Federation of Australia. Don't you have the same thing in Canada? Never had that. Uh -huh. um, because the, what happened was uh, in 1982, Prime Minister Trudeau, the father of the present Prime Minister, created a constitution, but he founded it on not common law, but the Quebec being Quebecois, he founded on the Quebec Civil Code, which mm -hmm. comes from Napoleonic law and the notion that the ruler dictates your rights, not they're not inborn and inherent, right? Mm. So really, it's the Constitution in Canada is an act of parliament that can be revoked at any point by the Governor General, acting for the, this, quote, Queen. And, um, you know, it's like, I remember uh, there was this anecdote. Um, do you remember back in when, right after World War II, there was these Scottish folks that came down and they took the Stone of Scone? Oh, yes, from yes. <laughs> and uh, there's a movie made about it called Stone of Destiny. And... The, the young guy who did that is still alive. He's one of the rectors. He's in his 80s now, but he's a rector at Edinburgh University. 
And two years ago, he wrote, he heard that Queen Elizabeth was going to come up to Scotland, and he wrote to Betty Windsor, called her, and he said, the people of Scotland do not want you to come. We, they, don't, they don't need you as their sovereign. The people are sovereign, right? Mm. And it, he got a lot of support, of course, in Scotland for doing that. But I, it's a simple idea. We don't have anything against her. She's just one human being. But it, it's a sign of immaturity politically to operate that way. Mm. We need a constitution whereby the people and, and the law under God, that's the authority. Right? And um, it's a matter of kind of coming of age. And we're trying to do that in both our nations, it sounds like. Yeah, well, it's, it, it must be much harder for you because you don't have a proper constitution. Maybe you should have a look at our Australian constitution because it is even better than the US constitution and uh, is based on common law. So well, we I, share I that. agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, you yeah, can start yeah. using that um, as the basis for a constitution for Kanata. Certainly look at it. Yeah, mm. thank you. All right, Matt, look, I think uh, all the Australian people listening and uh, watching this today, I'm sure, uh, wish you all the best in your efforts because you're, you're doing a fantastic job and it's not an easy one. And, you know, we're fighting against a, a very heavily entrenched enemy that is really the enemy. They're the enemy of the people. And yet they're supposed to be there representing the yeah. people. That's not what they're doing. And in Australia, they have completely destroyed our manufacturing and our farming. They're destroying uh, our rights. Uh, they're arresting people without reason, incarcerating them for years without trial. I mean, this is what the, the communists did, what the Nazis did. This is supposed to be a democracy of the people under a proper constitution, under yeah. common law. What happened? I think the problem for Australia is we just let things go. She'll be right, mate. Well, it ain't okay. So, and I'm glad to yep. see that you are fighting so hard in in Canada, Canada, Kevin. And uh, do you have a lot of support over there? Well, thanks. It's a. You know, there there is more support now. It kind of faded away for a while, you know. Um, but it's like anything. It's like the tide. It comes in and out, right? Mm. And um, we have to just keep at it and be persistent. Um, you know, especially in, in the bad times, you know, that's when your principles are tested all the more. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm always inspired by Gandhi because he started out as one man standing up for what was right and he never stopped and look what he gained. He gained the whole nation of India and, but not for himself. He did it for the people of India. And I think that was a fantastic achievement, but he never gave up. And that's what we have to keep yeah. in mind. Never give up. This is our right and our birthright and our destiny. Right, that's right. So, Same fight, uh, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Kevin, and let's keep in touch and uh, we'll keep on fighting. And uh, I will be in touch again because I want to talk some more about sure the law. Uh, but I've, I've still got to finish reading off your books. Okay. I'm still reading, very interesting stuff and um, I'm learning a lot, so thank you very much. Thank you, Mike, we'll talk again soon. Okay, mate, thank you. Cheers now. Cheers. I hope you enjoy listening to this and all my podcasts. The Bloody Aussie Battler podcast is just one of the things that I do to try and raise awareness of the massive fraud and treason that has been committed against us by the political parties. Back in 1967, I put my life on the line to protect our nation. I didn't do it so that a bunch of treasonous criminals could take over our government and steal everything from we, the people of the Commonwealth. So when I decided to do something to stop the treason and treachery, 
My skills from the Air Force were very handy. I run the Advance Australia HQ Group website where we present a plan for the future. We can't get our country back without a plan. I also run the CIR Now website where you will find heaps of useful information about the crimes and treason committed by the political parties. In addition, thousands of people have already signed the My Will letter to give a group of Commonwealth public officials the authority of the people to convene a grand jury. But we need many more signatures, so if you haven't signed yet, please do so. And ask your friends and family to sign too. Now, as you can imagine, all this takes a lot of my time and it costs money too. So if you could spare a gold coin or more to support my work, please go to any of these websites and click on the donate button. If you can, why not make it a monthly donation? Just the cost of a cup of coffee every month will help us keep on spreading the word. Thank you. Come on, Aussies, now we 
Oh, the rain. 